Hello and welcome back to Beyond Boards, a podcast dedicated to the actions and interests of skaters beyond skateboarding. My guest today, Kubek Kaczmarczyk, started skating in Warsaw, Poland in the early 90s. In 1998, he bought his first camera and started filming his friends. Fast forward a few years, in 2012 he released his first full-length video called Grey Area, showcasing some of the best skaters from Central and Eastern Europe of that time on their home ground. In the following years, the name Grey Area became slowly but surely a tight-knit crew and more recently a brand, with a very strong identity and aesthetic throughout the many videos they put out regularly. I had the opportunity to sit down with him for a quick chat in February 2023 as he's about to release a new promo video for Grey Area. So here's my conversation with Kuba. I hope you'll enjoy it. Well, yeah, thank you so much, man. Really honored to uh, talk with you. I've been uh, obviously a fan of your videos for a long time, and I've been meaning to get you on the podcast for a little bit. So yeah, thank you so much. It's going to be fun. Thank you for having me. So I usually start these interviews the same way with every guest and usually kind of ask them how they started skating, basically. First of all, I was curious to ask you how to say your full name. I'm French, so I don't know how to pronounce it right. I know, so Kuba is your nickname, right? Your name is actually Jakub or? Yeah, my name is Jakub, but uh, Kuba is like John and Johnny, you know. Right, so okay. Every Jakub in Poland is called Kuba. It's like less formal, let's say. Okay, okay, I see. And what about your last name? How oh, do you the, say your the, last name? <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, you know, that's a hard one. That's a tongue twister, especially for the foreigners. For us, it's super easy to pronounce, but... Okay, so my full name is uh, Jakub Kaczmarczyk. Kaczmarczyk, okay. Oh, okay, that's yeah. easier than I thought, okay. Yeah, because yeah, it's like, it, it looks very tough when you look at it, because yeah. like, due to Polish uh, letters, you know. It looks pretty random, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> So I have a funny story about a friend of mine who lives... Actually, he's half Canadian, half Polish, but his parents moved to Canada and he was born in Canada already. And he has Polish passport. Okay. So when he was like at the, at the border, either like going out or coming back to Canada, mm-hmm. the people at the custom, they looked at his passport and they thought his last name, which is Babzinczak, it's super random letters, are super random for foreigner. Uh-huh. So they thought it's a passport number instead of oh. like his name. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. They're like, what's wrong with this passport? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, tell me, like, uh, how did you um, start skating? So so you grew up in Poland. Do you live in Warsaw? And is that where you grew up? Yeah, yes. I, I was born and raised here in Warsaw. And I lived the whole life Okay. in this city. Never planned to move out, I think. And so what year did you start skating? Before this meeting, before the interview, I tried to remember, like, all the, all the milestones, let's say. Yeah, yeah. Of my life. And I think it was end of either 90 or 90. I was in the eighth grade, that's for sure. I was 14. Okay. So that was probably 1990. That's when I like, I got into like the real skating, you know, because I'm not talking about like the riding the toy, you know. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Or whatever, but I was... Proper uh, skating. Yeah, proper skating. Yeah, I consider myself as a skateboarder as of 1990, I think. 
And do you remember like uh, your introduction to it? Was it through a friend or a family relative? Yes, I, or? yes, I did. Actually, my story is pretty similar to every person from my generation, I would say. Mm -hmm. Even though like the circumstances around me was different. But people at my gen uh, from my generation got sparked by three things. I'm talking mm -hmm. about Europe in general. Yeah, yeah, so, sure. I don't know how it is in... But like hearing like people's stories, I think there was like three things. Uh, first one was uh, the movie Back to the Future. Right, yeah, yeah. This one I kind of missed. I watched it like afterwards when the second and the third one came out. So I missed this opportunity. These ones came out, I think, in 85, 86, around there. I think the first one. I remember, like, because I, unfortunately, I have a good memory. <laughs> I remember, like, stuff that happened early on of my life, but yeah. I don't remember what happened yesterday. <laughs> so I remember, I remember, like, being in my fifth grade when it was played in Polish, at least Polish cinemas. I don't know, like, right. how up to date we were, you know, with the American uh, movies. With American yes, movies back then. So it was like 80 something. So I missed this one. Mm -hmm. Then the, the second thing that sparked people, that was uh, Police Academy 4. Oh, yeah, yeah. This one I watched, but it didn't show the culture of skating. It showed only like the... Um, I was focused on something else in this movie, let's say, you know, so... It didn't really spark you at that point. No, it, it did not. It did not at all. Okay. So the third one, the third movie, actually, that I remember like being stoked on and that showed actually like the, the whole culture of skateboarding in really in depth, you know, mm -hmm. I'm talking about Gleaming the Cube with Christian Slater. And then um, back then I was really into movies, especially like the teen, you know, like high school ones, yeah, yeah. you know, so I was a big fan of Karate Kid, you know, or um, oh, yeah, yeah. Lost Boys, like the movies from the 80s. Okay. So about the, you know, American teenagers in the high school and... The uh -huh. I don't remember that movie, Gleam the Cube. I mean, the, the, no? the title is familiar, but I don't think I've seen it. It's amazing. You have to watch it. Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll check it out for sure. So the whole Bones Brigade plays there. Tony Hawk, he rides a van. You know, there's like this final scene when Tony Hawk drives a van and the whole crew is in the back. Uh-huh. And then they like jumping out the, the van and they started like skating down the hill. It's like oh, okay. the, the scene is epic, amazing. Okay. So I st still to this day, I have this, some of the scenes I have like, I remember exactly because like the main character has this friend. Mm -hmm. So the friend has his, uh, how to say, like a crib, let's say, mm -hmm. buried in the ground. So it's like uh, this uh, wagon when you like um, carry the fuel, like a... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I don't know how to say it in English, you know, like the... Yeah, it's, I think it's in Citern in French, like a, yes, like a big... Citern uh... in Polish. Yeah, so we are talking about the same thing. So yeah, it's buried yeah. <laughs> in the ground, you know, so he lives there. Okay. He has like the whole, you know, like the um, warehouse there, the many boards, you know. And then there's this scene when the, the character played by Christian Slater, he, he sets up the board, you know, mm -hmm. in this, uh, you know, in his friend's spot. And uh, he gives him like the different boards to try. And he finally, you know, he, he chooses the one. Mm -hmm. And I remember like he's giving him the wheels. And he's like, he's saying something like, I, but these ones are way too fast. And okay. he's like, okay, so that, that's the one for me. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and since it's like, since it's like this uh, cistern thing, uh -huh. buried, yeah. so they can also like ride a skateboard inside of it, you know, because it's uh, okay, okay, a okay. little, you know, it's like a full pipe, you know. Okay, okay, I see. 
it's really amazing. Of course, it's uh, for like for that time, I thought that, that was amazing, you know. But now, like, I can see, like, also it was kind of cheesy, you know. Yeah, yeah. But still, like, for the people from my generation, I think everybody is very sentimental about the movie. Yeah. Christian Slater. You, you know? were inspired. Yes. So how was, uh, like, uh, the skate scene back in the day in Poland? I'm sure it was very small. Mm-hmm. Were you able to access like skateboarding gear somewhat easily or how was it like the first few years uh, of uh, skating? Okay, so back in the 80s, like most of the people that skated, skated this um, plastic skinny board. I even have it here so I can show it. It was made in Poland. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. And it was called, we call it roller. Roller, roller. yeah. Okay. So there was roller boards. Yeah, everybody had it. And then, you know, when the um, old system kind of uh, fall, mm-hmm. so then the market was open for the new things. So wider boards started coming, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, we call them whiteboard because it was wider than, than the Oh, yeah, well, yeah, obviously, the, the, yeah, the for sure. But, you know, of course, they had like a really shitty quality, you know. So once you buy it, the next day, it was already wrecked. Oh, damn. Uh, I think in one of your podcasts, somebody was talking about it. Maybe it was Julian. He called it like a supermarket board or whatever, because it was available in the supermarkets. Okay. For us, we didn't have like a sporting goods stores yet. So it was, you could buy it, you know, in the, on the black market or whatever. Oh, okay. So yeah. anyway, I bought it, you know, after I watched the, the movie, the Gleaming the Cube one. Yeah. But it lasted for uh, for a few days, actually. So then, then I started like thinking what to do next, you know, because uh, for sure there is some boards with better quality, you know, you can ride for longer than, you know, a few days. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing, we already had a skate shop, like a proper skate shop. Oh, really? Okay. Then. Yes. So uh, the story is, there was one guy, of course, he had nothing to do with skateboarding, but he met this guy in Sweden, in Stockholm. He's a former freestyle pro from Sweden. His name is... Per Hulknecht. Mm-hmm. And so he kind of, uh, you know, convinced him to start selling boards in Poland. So he did. He opened the skate shop. Actually, we had really, really good skate shop, assortment-wise, at least, you know, because, of course, they didn't support, you know, the scene at all. Mm. They were just a random, you know, dudes, you know, without, like, any knowledge about skating and they didn't know how to run the shop. I remember, like, the, the clerks were super random guys with the mustache and the big beard, you know. Okay. They could have lots of worked in the grocery store or be, I don't know, butcher or whatever. Do you remember the name of, of that shop or? Yeah, Street Style. Street Style. Okay. And uh, it was, like, a franchise of the Swedish one, run by Per Hulknecht. Okay. I think then in Sweden they changed the name. And I even like worked in street style. Oh, okay, yeah. A few years after, yeah. So we had the shop, but the boards were super hard to... They were super pricey. Oh, yeah? So they were, weren't that affordable, uh. you know? So I remember like saving the money for months to be able to buy the first board. Mm. And I remember like... I still remember the day when I bought my first board. It was fall. I think that was 1990. Mm-hmm. So it, my first board was Paul Peralta, Mike McGill. Oh, nice. Okay. I also remember there was like two types of boards. 
Because in 1991, there was already like the board with longer nose. Oh, yeah. Back then, I don't know if you, how familiar you are with the evolution of... The shapes, yeah, a little bit, but no, yeah. not a, a whole lot. But, yeah. So back then, the, you know, the nose were super short. It was like five to ten centimeters. Right, right, yeah. So these ones were already kind of uh, old. So it was cheap. They were cheaper. But like the new ones with the long nose, they were two times more expensive. Oh, wow. So I only could afford the cheaper one. Okay. Which was still like super expensive for me and my parents. But I bought the, you know, Mike McGill with the shorter nose. How were your parents like appreciative of your desire to skate? Were they supportive or were they kind of looking at it like it's... 50-50. My mom was, but my, my dad, he was not. He wasn't hyped? No, no, he was not. He's a uh, super old school. Okay. He'd rather see me, you know, like learning more, doing some more, you know, mature <laughs> stuff instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I see. So before we talk about filming and starting Gray Area, that's farther down the road. But uh -huh. in between, so you've been skating for years. And before you picked up a camera, were you like trying to get sponsored? Were you like aspiring to become pro someday? Were you kind of thinking of that? Or were you always just skating for fun and not really, you know? I think that's, uh, you know, every skater has it in back of his head. For sure. Yeah. So of course I was pursuing this dream. Yeah, yeah. But did you come sort of close or did you like have sponsors or? I was even on the Polish uh, sheep team. The shoes? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember those, yeah. That was one of the Soltec. Right, uh, yeah. Brand. yeah, yeah, yeah. Very short-lived. But I think t still to this day, I think that was the best brand they had. Oh, yeah. I think that part of it was that in the OG team, in the American team, all of the riders were vegetarians or vegans. Oh, that's right, yes. So I think part of it that I got, you know, on the Polish one was that I was also. Oh. I, I still, to this day, I don't eat meat, so maybe that was there. Oh, okay. Interesting. Are you vegetarian or vegan? Now I'm vegan. Okay. Yeah, but back then I was vegetarian. Yeah, well, yeah, th at that time, there, I'm sure it was nowhere near as uh, popular, so to speak, as today. Like being vegetarian or vegan in the 90s, I'm sure you were very lonely <laughs> to, compared to today with... Uh, I mean, yes and no, because of course, like, as you mentioned, it wasn't not as popular as it's now. So, mm -hmm. so you have to know like the spots where to go to if you want to like eat something in the city. Uh -huh. But, you know, I was hanging out with the people that were vegetarians as well, you know. Okay. I was going to the punk shows and then most of the people on the punk scene were, not most, but like there was a lot of, you know, vegetarians. Like the straight edge kind of movement and everything. Yes, yeah, yes. right. So tell me about starting to film. I saw this little interview you did with um, Shinner not too long ago, like for their uh, Instagram. Uh -huh. I read on there that you bought your first camera in 98, if I'm not mistaken. Probably that's the truth. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it's like it was so long ago, but it was either 97 or 98. Okay. Or 99. But yeah, let's say it was 98. When, you know, Daniel interviewed me, so probably I checked. So... Probably it was 98. Okay. It was a long time ago, anyway. So, uh, do you remember, like, what uh, inspired you to buy this camera? I mean, obviously, you were skating with friends and probably wanted just to shoot your friends and make uh, homey videos and everything. But uh, did you have other friends around you at that time that had videos and that kind of influenced you into buying your own camera? Or Yeah, because um, uh, back then, there was the other friend of mine who filmed in Warsaw. He was, like, a main filmer in Warsaw. Okay. 
funny thing. His name is Kubatu. <laughs> There's a bunch of you out there. Yeah. Okay. So background stories. When I was in my primary school, I was the only Kuba in my school. Back then, it was super popular name for dogs. Oh my god! <laughs> so when, yeah, that's hilarious. No longer anymore. <laughs> But so when uh, like when somebody wanted to diss me, he said that I have a dog's name. Either this or uh, that I have a female name because it ends with a. Oh, okay. You know. I see. Okay, so getting back to your question. So, as I said, I was the only Kuba, but it happened somehow that within skateboarding there is loads of us. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, causes many confusions. <laughs> it confuses people. Yeah. Because, like, it happened to me a lot that, for instance, somebody would come over to Warsaw, he meets me up, and he says, okay, and this and that guy says hello to you. And I was like, mm, but but I don't know this guy. Mm-hmm. And then I figured out he was saying hello to the other Kuba. Oh, I see, I see. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so Kuba uh, filmed in Warsaw, and you know, of course, I thought that I can do it better. <laughs> no, I'm joking, of course. But uh, but my approach was different. Let's say mm-hmm. he was uh, more into you know like a plaza skating and stuff like this. He was. His favorite videos was World Industries, you know. One on one. Yeah, I was into let's say more raw type of skating. Right. And I I wanted to you know to highlight my crew. And so yeah, that was the, the main purpose of the the fact that I bought my first camera. So how did you kind of learn how to film and how to edit and everything in the following years? Were you kind of self-taught or did you have friends uh, like this other Kuba? Did he kind of help you to figure it out and learn or? Yeah, I think I still haven't learned how to film properly. I, you know, it's a never ending process. Yeah, exactly. But of course, like early stage was like was hanging out with Kuba, like talking to him, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I would watch a lot of skate videos, try to, you know, try to do what the, you know, American cameramen were doing. Who were some uh, videographers in the States or elsewhere that kind of influenced you in these early years of you filming? Were there videos specifically that kind of uh, really impressed you at that time for their quality or their content? Or Yep. So I can, you know, name like a lot of people, but like on the early early stage of my filmmaking for sure that was Jamie Thomas with oh, yeah. his fisheye style and Dan Wolf. Oh yeah, yeah. Eastern Exposure. Eastern Exposure, yes. So these two guys for sure. And then, you know, like the third guy that I was looking to was uh, Fred Mortagnier. Mortan. Yeah, French Fred, Fred Martin. French Fred Mortagne. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Pontus Alv as well must have been an influence for you, especially when you started Grey Area. Because like, for example, the first Grey Area video, when I watched it, I remember having the same kind of feeling from Pontus's early videos, like Strongest of the Strange. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was wondering like if you had met with him at that time and were you kind of influenced by his uh, style of uh, filmmaking or was that like the resemblance is just kind of coincidental? Mm, no, I mean, he was also like, he teached me a lot, I would say, but not like the actual act of filmmaking, but he teached me like the, that I shouldn't like, then I don't have to necessarily be a local filmer. I can like go, you know, wherever, go bigger, let's say. Yeah. So sky's the limit type of thinking. Yeah. But of course, he's a, you know, very talented videographer and uh, he also showed me some tricks, you know, with the camera. Sure. Big up Pontus.
I'm jumping back to present time, but I was wondering, like, um, who are some videographers today that you enjoy the work of, you know, like, uh, are there videos that you watched recently that really impressed you or surprised you? Or are you kind of not paying too much attention to what's coming out and trying to focus more on doing your your own thing with gray area or? I mean, it's, a, it's an interesting question because being as old as I am <laughs> made me, you know, be kind of picky with what I consume nowadays because sure. you know? yeah. I, I don't want to sound like I'm too cool to be up to date but you can't you know oh there's so much uh, there's a, vid- yeah, a full there's length every day so much, more or less or yeah yeah so I'm very selective with what I watch because mm-hmm. I don't my time is limited you know except for like being a skater and a skate nerd um <laughs> I'm also like a full-time dad I work you know yeah 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 I try being up to date, so I I still enjoy. Of course, now of course I still you know watch videos and I enjoy watching polar videos. Oh yeah, the last one. The last one was was nice. Yeah, it was cool. I like the limousine videos. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What else? I like the you know the Euro Euro scene. Mm-hmm. There's so many good videos coming from Europe. So from what I understood, Grey Area started with the video, the first video, which is called Grey Area and which came out in 2012. And so can you tell me about like uh, this uh, first project and how did you come up with the name also? Okay, so actually, yes and no, because originally that was just the name for the video. Mm -hmm. Then I made the next one, which was called Neverwhere. And I was about to, you know, to retire. I really wanted to, you know, to call it. After Neverwhere? And after Neverwhere, you know, focus on skating. Your family life, uh, your work. Yeah, or or leaving, you know, because I was kind of burned out. So I didn't film for a few months after we released Neverwhere. And then uh, Daniel Yuga. Stankovic, yeah. Stankovic, yes, he hit me up. That He just asked, you know, what's up, you know, what do I do? And I was like, okay, but I'm retired as a filmer. And then he kind of... So I was also like kind of done with, uh, with VX. Oh, yeah. And he kind of convinced me to maybe... Maybe if I like buy a HD, maybe that will become like the new challenge, you know, for me. So it will, it will be more interesting. Yeah, you yeah. Know? So I was, okay, maybe you're right. And then I did buy the new camera... I started learning how to use it from the scratch pretty much. And then, so it became uh, interesting again. And then I also wanted to, you know, to change the format, you know, because I didn't want to, you know, to film like five or six years for another full length. Oh, yeah. So instead of that, I wanted to focus on uh, shorter videos uh-huh. uh, instead. And I wanted to like to give it a name of the whole brand slash project. So I think like the gray area is a, it's a cool one. Like Yeah. That was also like the video that was quite, you know... Iconic. Recognized in Europe. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I gave it gray area name. So the name for the crew and the project came after Neverwhere then? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, I thought it had started um, after the first video. No, no. There is no gray area logo in Neverwhere. Okay, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. By the way, talking about the logo, who made that logo? Because I really, I think it's amazing. Like, it looks really cool. It's very simple, but super well, well made. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of trippy, you know, with this to do the cross. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. A, a friend of mine, Michal, Michal too. Okay. We used to skate, you know, back in the days. Is he the same Michal who does like the animations or? Yeah, 
Yeah. Okay, I'm not gonna say his last name because that's a very hard one. But <laughs> it's even hard. <laughs> yeah, that's super hard for me. Uh, his nick is Fuzzy. Fuzzy, it's easier. Okay. You know, he got this nickname after you know the Fuzzy Bird from the Muppet Show. <laughs> okay. He's a very talented, uh, you know, graphic designer. So he's the one who came up with the logo then. Mm-hmm. And he he actually he's done the um, animations for the more recent projects, right? But before that, I think it was uh, Pavel, right? There was other guy, Pavel. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Okay. It's also like my old skate homie, uh-huh. but he just Pavel just uh, focused on different things. He still skates, but he just you know he doesn't have time for, for to focus on skate videos anymore. a lot. Okay, I see. Yeah, yeah, he does, uh, you know, more developed projects. You know, still in the graphic world, but. What about the name for the first video? What made you decide to choose the gray area? Okay, so back then, you know, Poland. I mean, Warsaw, because that's my city. That's my focus. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Warsaw was very gray. It was uh, starting from architecture to you know to general vibe of the people. It was kind of depressing. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, for me, like when I like think about my childhood or my teenage years, it's all bright, you know. But uh, looking from the different angle, if I watch now at the old pics, you know, of the of Warsaw or um, even like the videos, even skate videos, yeah, it looks kind of grayish, you know. So I think that was the perfect name for the for the video, gray area. Okay. And it's it's also like the um, like the name uh, that I wanted to kind of change because I w- I wanted to show that even in this gray area there is also like good things coming from it you know. And so so who were some of the very first um, members of the crew? So we mentioned Michal Juras. I don't know if he was in the very first gray area video. I don't remember. But like who who were some of the OGs kind of of a uh, gray area. So that's definitely Michal. He had the last part in the gray area video. Okay. There is also Chris, but Chris kind of left. I mean, he's we still like very good friends, but uh, he started like filming with uh, other friend of ours. Mm-hmm. But you know, he's of course he's a gray area OG and one of my best friends. And other Cuba photographer Cuba. Yes. Another confusion, you know, the guy who runs. Uh, Bachowski, right? Something like that. Bonchkowski. Yeah, that's the guy. Okay. So these three guys are the the OGs. First members. Okay. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you about like working, especially with Michal, the guy who helps you with the um, animations and like the visuals. Mm-hmm. How do you kind of select um, the images that you use throughout your videos? Like for example, um, I remember seeing in different projects that you made, like there's images of like explosions, planes, like futuristic kind of imagery, and sometimes it's like more like nature driven, like there's animals, like wolves. Or like uh, there's eyes coming into the picture or something. So I was just wondering how how do you kind of um, work on um, like the atmosphere that goes with the skating? You know, like how do you pick the images? Do you do that yourself, or do you kind of sit down with Michal and talk together of uh, how you want this project to look? Okay, so like the the futuristic kind of like the retro sci-fi type of vibe that was in the gray area. That was all uh, Pavel's okay. idea. That was like the previous guy I was working with. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's his thing, and uh, he kind of he even like chose the moments where to put, you know, the breaks. Right, right. So I'm not gonna dare to say because I wouldn't like lie if I like start like talking that was my idea. It was not. Okay. It was his, but of course I had to agree on the on certain things, you know. Sure. 
So it was like our mutual work and then it was a long journey, you know, because we are both uh, very strong characters, I would say. So okay. there were some arguments, you know, throughout the... Yeah, on how, how to make it look and everything. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it worked out. It looked great in the end. So yeah, yeah. thanks. But like as of gray area, like the, say, the HD gray area, I started working with Michal and his style is different, you know, mm-hmm. I would uh, describe it as more industrial. Okay. So it's more like animations. He's like responsible for the, you know, all the animations, the stories. But uh, beforehand, we talked about the vibe. So I did like all the editing stuff and then... I also choose the music, which kind oh, of yeah. like drives the vibe for the video. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that as well, the music, yeah. But of course, like animations and the, all the graphics plays a super big role in the video. So mm-hmm. so it's also, again, super hard. <laughs> we also argue a lot. <laughs> so it's a, it's a tough one, definitely to align, mm. you know, sometime. But it's all, you know, you always end up on like having... Agreeing. We're good, we're good, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we're good, you know, but uh, in the middle of the process, it's uh, sometimes it's not as funny. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm sure. You know, when, when <laughs> yeah, when you're deep uh, in the editing process, yeah, I'm sure it must yeah. be exhausting. We are both very emotional about like the stuff we do. And then we also like, again, we we are very strong characters. So. Yeah, perfectionists, uh, I'm sure. Yeah, you want it to look really good. Mm-hmm. So, for example, like, uh, let's say on a more recent project that you've done, so you go out, you film with uh, all your crew. At what point do you kind of start working on a project and having an idea for like the storytelling or like um, knowing like, okay, we'll do a, a section on this spot, for example, or we're focused maybe on this skater first, whatever, and transition like this and kind of have the whole edit in your head and then start working on it. And do you kind of involve Michal afterwards or is, is he presence all the way it depends uh, it's fully dependent on the project because uh, there is projects that i just film for you know mm-hmm. i talk about it later but for instance like we came up with this idea of like the collab with national skate co which oh is yeah the Michal part Michal. Uh, yeah yeah that was sick by the way yeah thank you so ov- obviously like uh, we knew like from the beginning that he will play the main role in the project so sure So he was like the main focus of the video. But there's projects like the, let's say, regular gray area projects that I just film for, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, since the like the first clip, I'm super up to date with logging the clip. So when I film something in the evening, I log the clip in the computer and then I play with the clips I have already on the timeline. Okay. You know, I try like d- different music, you know, like the vibe and, and so on. So it's very organic, I would say. Mm-hmm. Of course, sometimes I have like the, the track that I would like to use or a certain thing that I would like to play with. Mm-hmm. But usually it's the ideas are coming up in the meantime. No. Yeah, you just talked about the music because like the music in your videos are always amazing. I, I really enjoy them. There's a, a wide variety of music. There's like hip hop, rock, uh, sometimes a bit more funky or I don't know how to describe it. Like it's very eclectic. Do you select all the music yourself or do you have sometimes writers that come up and say, oh, I, I'd love to, I don't know, have this song maybe on my section or whatever. Or how do you select uh, the music for your projects? Oh, again, it's uh, 
I have no straight answer for this. Everything needs to be approved by me. You know? Yeah. That's the main rule. But uh, of course, I have like writers, I have friends who, you know, are coming up with their picks, with their ideas for songs. For instance, uh, Yuga came up with uh, actually with two songs for his parts, with the two ones. So both parts we made together. The songs he skates to are his picks, his ideas. Okay. And I really love him. Even though it's not my type of music, but I think it matched uh, with his skating big time. So. In the Neverwhere video, right? Was it Brighter Days or something? Uh... No, High Pressure Days. That's High like Pressure Days. Yes. Okay. High Pressure Days. And then in Neverwhere, there is this... Uh, fuck, I forgot guy's name, but he's like a very famous Swedish singer from back in the days. Okay. So he chose this one and then like in the recent videos, Michal, the graphic designer Michal, yep, yep. he also like uh, picks a lot of tracks. He's more into electronic music, so he gives me a lot of this type of music mm -hmm. to consider. I don't remember seeing a project of yours with much uh, electronic music in it. Yes, because I like at the beginning, I'm not a... <laughs> You're not a big fan? <laughs> No, really, but, I'm, but I became more, you know, flexible with it. And I started like liking some electronic music as well. Mm -hmm. When it makes sense, of course, you know, in the upcoming video, there will be some. Yeah. I was wondering also, is this a bit random, but I saw like in the credits of your videos, that name came up pretty much every time. It's Anna Kaksmaksik, your, your last name. That's your wife, right? Yes. That's my wife. And she does like the coloring. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Grading. Mm -hmm. Color grading. Yes. Because she's like a pro. That's her job, okay. Yeah, that's her job. And then she used to work in post-production in like a big company. Okay. She would do like, uh, you know, commercials for TV, but uh, she quit. And right now she's a university teacher and she teaches, you know, After Effects and... Okay, cool. That's nice. She's helped you with pretty much every project, uh, video project that you released or? Yeah, she does color grading pretty much. Yeah, she's super good in it. Yeah, She's very, you know, quick with it and good, which is, you know. Valuable. Valuable, yes. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And so I'm jumping ahead to Neverwhere, but I was mm -hmm. curious to ask you about filming with... Uh, is it in Neverwhere that Danny Fuenzalada has a part? Yeah. I believe so, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So most of your videos, until, well, the gray area one and then the Neverwhere video was mostly in Europe. But then all of a sudden there's a, this whole section with Danny. Yeah, it's pretty random, right? Yeah, well, yeah. And, but it's cool. It's amazing. And, uh, and it's very complimentary because it's a whole different scenery in, in Florida. But I think like half of this part is in Europe, more or less, and half in, is in the States around there. Yeah. But yeah, how did you connect with him and how was that experience of uh, filming in the States at that time? It must have been quite a different experience from filming in uh, Eastern Europe or Central Europe. Yeah, so I used to work in the, in the international company and I would travel a lot, you know, for work. Yeah, yeah. We traveled to like many different random destinations in the whole world. And finally, there was a time that we, we had this trip to Miami. And I was like, okay, maybe I should like take this opportunity, you know, and link up with the, with the local guys. Yeah. So I asked a friend of mine, Kaspar from... Yes, Van, Van Lierup, yeah. Van Lierup, yes. If he has any hookup over there. And he had, obviously. So he hooked me up with Danny. So okay. That was pretty... <laughs> Usually I don't do, you know, this online type of dating, let's say. <laughs> so yeah. like, I prefer like the traditional way of meeting people. Sure, sure. But for this case, you know, I was like, fuck it, you know, let's... Let's give it a try, yeah. Yeah, let's give it a try. And, and it worked out. 
it was really really nice experience so we met up with Danny I think that was 2013 okay and I also like, introduced me to the other guys in Miami I liked it a lot so I would like come back a few times there and Danny also like would come to Warsaw and we also went to Sweden together mm-hmm. so yeah that's how the part was filmed I think Neverwhere came out in 2018 right mm, maybe Because you just said you, you met with Danny in 2013, so that means it took a long time until that first meeting and, and like uh, when the video eventually came out. Filming was always like a long process to me. I remember like Danny, he would give me like hard time for taking it so long. <laughs> But I just, I just loved it, you know, I call it like the chasing the, the rabbit type of process, you know, like I just love like this long term. Projects like these? Yes, yeah. No longer anymore, you know, because... Uh, yeah, now you do shorter, quicker ones. Yeah. But still, still very good, but yeah, different, obviously. Yeah. yeah, I think like this formula just died out, you know, today's viewers, they don't... People want to be more up to date, you know, with what's happening. Yeah, you don't want to see a part with footage from five years ago or something. Uh, I mean, some people can still do that, but I, you can count them on... Uh, yeah, like on the fingers of two hands or... Yeah. And so after Neverwhere, you did some, like in, in more recent times, I saw two projects that you did on um, plazas in uh, Warsaw, and they're called uh, Culture of Grey. There was one on, uh, it's called the Culture Palace, and uh, the second one, which came out not too long ago, was uh, Vitos, or Vitos, I'm not sure how to say that. Vitos. Vitos, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, these were really cool. They were like short, but only on one spot, and I'm sure it must have been an interesting uh, approach for you, different, because like your projects are usually, you, you go pretty much everywhere and film on random spots and everything you don't really you're not a plaza filmer originally as you said before it's not really like what you grew up uh, doing and uh mm-hmm. so yeah how did this idea for these projects come about and uh and are there new ones coming uh, soon hopefully as i already mentioned i get bored you know quite quick so i just wanted to have a you know new challenge i think especially with the palace of the culture and science this spot yeah it's so huge like the the area is so big you know so you can find everything pretty much there you know you can film like the whole video yeah the yeah, full yeah. Length yeah there so i always wanted to you know to film there more and maybe make a video or edit out of it mm-hmm But it's, it was super hard to convince like the, the guys, especially Michal, because he's like, doesn't like he likes to go spot. like a uh, spot uh, searching and yeah. Yes. He likes this, you know, obscure, you know, you can see that in his parts for sure. Yeah. Type of, you know, aesthetic. Yeah. So and having him like the, the main rider, it was harder than now because once like the more people, you know, started coming to the picture, then it was quite easier because like I just, you know, I just started filming with them. Mm-hmm. So he had kind of had to, you know, adapt and, sure. uh, you know, yeah. and he also managed to film like. Uh, yeah, some good clips. Yeah. And I think it's always good to, you know, to step out of your comfort zone time to time, you know. Yeah. And try, you know, different things, even though like the when you hear about it, maybe it sounds a little bit weird. Mm-hmm. But then you can also add your flavor to the project, you know, yeah. make it more, you know, your own custom made. Yeah. So I like trying new things because otherwise you, you get stuck. It would be boring. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. But indeed, we got stuck, you know, for this project, we got stuck at these certain spots. It was really crazy, you know, and it felt so weird. Like once we we made this project especially like the one the first one with culture palace Mm -hmm. because it felt really weird to be out on the streets again you know somewhere else yeah 
Really, and uh, we like we talked about it. That was kind of crazy to be kind of able to explore the city again. Because it like every day felt like Groundhog Day, you know. Yeah, yeah. We started like at the same, you know, like three star, and then we would like warm up there, and then we we would skate, you know, around the, the palace, you know, and try to come up with the new ideas for tricks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was fun, definitely. And so, are there gonna be other ones or other ideas of uh, like of focusing on uh, Warsaw or other iconic spots in uh, Poland? No, I mean not this year. I'm not never say. Yeah, never say never. Never, but uh, for this year there is no. It's not included in my plans. Let's say. Okay. Okay. I mean, yes and no. Yes, I'm not gonna spoil. Yes and no, but we'll see. You know, I don't wanna also like claim something and then and then, and then not do you know, it feel and feel responsible. Yeah. Sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. So I have nothing filmed yet. So so there are some ideas, but we'll nothing, see. nothing yeah. kind of yeah. uh, uh-huh. on the tracks yet. Okay. Exactly. This is kind of a random question, but I was wondering, like, since Gray Area has become... So the first video was 12 years ago. As you said, it kind of became more of a brand after Neverwhere, as you mm-hmm. did, did the logo. And now it has really an identity. And, like, there's more and more people that are involved with it, like younger writers and everything. I was wondering if you had ever considered doing, like, a board brand or, like, a, I don't know, a clothing brand or a hardware brand of some sort, like, kind of piggybacking on these projects? Or would you rather just keep it as... A a crew of, of friends and just uh, film and do good videos and not try to you know use that to promote products basically okay so of course i think in most of the skaters dreams is to run a, a brand you know so i thought about it too so yes i would like to mm-hmm. but uh, considering you know today's you know uh, market reality yeah yeah the market which is super packed competitive as hell yeah Yeah, and the economic circumstances are very tough to start a brand now, you know. Sure. The prices are skyrocketing. Everything is, you know, super expensive. We have the the war, you know, around the corner. Yeah, yeah. So the vibe is not super friendly, you know. But we'll see. Yeah, of course, I'm thinking about it and... Maybe one day. Maybe one day. Maybe maybe sooner than later. But for sure not boards, you know. Boards are, I think... Tough uh, market to get into, yeah. Very tough, you know, it's very expensive to order. There is minimums, there is... uh, And the competition is super strong. Yeah. It's hard to, you know, to compete. Look at the dwindle. Yeah, they just shut down or, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you you have to be really either brave or crazy, I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. To start the, the brand, you know, now. But because it's already a brand, that's uh, what I, I was saying also. Yeah, you already have a very strong identity and you're already like selling clothes, like T-shirts, hoodies and stuff. Probably beanies, caps, I don't know. But but yeah. Okay, so I leave it like this. There is something in... In the works? In the works. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Do you have kind of a, a date or not yet for a release? Uh... Spring 2023. Oh, okay. So with the, the next video. Yeah. Because I'm going to release the promo. It's not going to be the video. Okay, yeah. It's going to be a promo, so shorter. Kind of like the last ones, like uh, 10 to 15 minutes around there? or Maybe less, maybe less. Less than 10. Less than 10, okay. But I will save some clips, so hopefully by the end of this year, we're going to come up with a, like, a semi-full length. Full length for today's standards, let's say. Okay. Which is 
15 minutes. That's great. Yeah. I really liked the, the last ones you did. Yeah. They were all, uh, I mean, there's not one video that I disliked, but of course, but like, uh, mm -hmm. I just watched again yesterday, the push button to destroy the world one mm -hmm. that was uh, not too long ago, like a year ago, maybe, or that was, uh, it was released exactly a year ago. So March. 20, yeah. Because it was uh, right after 22. the beginning of the war. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I saw, I hadn't noticed that the first time I saw it, but there was this little message at the end saying basically fuck Putin or something. Mm -hmm. Do you try to have like some sort of political agenda, so to speak, throughout your video project or not really? And that was just because of the release of that project and also the title and like the overall theme of that video or? Okay, so the main influence for the title came from Ed Templeton's board. He had this board. Toy machine board? toy machine board there was this alien about to like to push the button and it said and above the button it said push the button to explode the, the earth oh okay that was the inspiration that was the inspiration but like the timing was so perfect i'm sorry to say but well yeah no unfortunately it was it matched sure. like with the beginning of the war so in this case of course the, like the message was there and then yeah i love like the hidden messages you know yeah I'm interested in politics, not as I was like when I was younger, but still, you know, mm -hmm. I pay attention to what's happening around me. Sure. And there's an, also another message kind of hidden. In that same video or? In this video, yeah. Not message, but there is like one thing to, you know. To notice? To consider. To notice, but uh, I think maybe for the guy outside of Poland, it's not as obvious. I'll have to watch it again and try to yeah. try to figure it out. Yeah, okay. And so to kind of wrap it up with the filming and gray area, I was wondering like, what's like a favorite thing to do with uh, these projects? Is it like going on filming missions with your friends? Is it more like the afterwards editing and kind of going through this whole process of uh, making the video? Mm -hmm. Is it um, other things around that? Like what's your favorite thing to do? Okay, so back then it was like the act of filming, you know, being out on the streets. Yeah. I still love being on the streets, you know, and uh, hang out with the guys, being in the mix, you know, being part of the city. I still love it and I, I consider myself as a city guy. Because that was like the period of time when we moved out of Warsaw, like for a few years. Oh, yeah? To the suburbs, yeah, we live in the house there. That was actually when I was filming for Grey Area. But we had to move back because, uh, you know, we missed the uh, city a lot, you know. Mm, okay. How long were you living uh, outside of the city for? Four years, maybe. We moved out 2008 and we moved back 2012. Okay. So, yeah, I love like being in the in the city. But right now, I think like the most exciting part of making the video is logging the footage and checking it on the timeline. Right. Especially like, coming back from the trip when you have like many clips, you know, stacked and you want to like put it in the timeline, play with it, you know, try it in the different order. Basically, like see the timeline growing. That's super exciting. Yeah, it must be. Yeah. So even like since the day one, I make the selection. You know, I leave some clips over, you know, it's very exciting. Because especially now when I'm, when I got older, you know, like actual act of filming became very hard, you know, so especially yeah. like filming with the, with fisheye. I remember like my friend Tom, you know. Tom uh, Remillard or? Remillard, yes. He said once, because we had one of our friends, you know, wanted me to film his line. Mm -hmm. Maybe my face expression <laughs> wasn't that great. And Tom was like. Hey, these guys, they just hate filming, you know, they, all of them, they hate <laughs> filming because it's so, so tiring. 
And it was, he was so on point with, uh, <laughs> with it. No, but I, actually I love filming. I love filming, but you know, it's just sometimes at the end of the day when I'm kind of tired, you know. Yeah, yeah. So then I film it with long lens instead, you know, so it's... Uh, Relax a bit more. more yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. been doing all these projects for the last 15 years around there and so aside of that you have like a, a family you also work I saw that you worked for Nike SB for a number of years and so I was wondering like how do you juggle between all these things because it must be a, quite a lot of uh, pressure and things to do and uh, how have you um, managed to find balance between like these three main components that are like work family and skateboarding or filming First of all, I have a very, my wife is, I have the best wife in the world and she's kind of cool with me. I mean, she's not cool with me being away, but we are still together, you know? So, mm, yeah, yeah. Because of course, I know it's not like, sometimes she'd rather like see me at home so I can be more helpful. Mm -hmm. But she's very tolerant. So yeah, she's like a very, she's a big factor of it, you know, of balancing me. Sure. But uh, regarding work, when I was working for SB, like all the, you know, on the business trips, like I mentioned, like the one with Florida. Miami, I, Florida, because there was more of them. So I was like taking this opportunity and I tried to film in the meantime. Or, right. Yeah. And he also like helped me a little bit because I met a few friends, you know. Oh, by the way, you guys, obviously, the OG. Oh, yeah. Fuck, I forgot about Daniel. From you the guys, gray the area gray, crew, yeah. Gray area OG, of course. Of course, yeah, yeah. Because he was already working at Nike SB at the time? Yeah, he was there before me. How long were you working with them, actually? Was it a long time, or...? I mean, it's hard to tell because uh, I worked for Nike for 12 years, but it wasn't like working for SB all the time. Oh, it was different divisions of Nike? Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, it must have been interesting, though, yeah. Yeah, it was a long journey, you know, but it got to the end last year. And you actually just started a new job, right? Yes, I did. How is it going so far? I mean, it's only been like a week I or mean, two? It's, or... Uh, it's just, yeah, it's uh, two weeks, you know. Okay. So I work for uh, this fashion store, Soto, in Berlin. Oh, nice. Cool. Yeah, from Warsaw. What do you do for them? I take care of the stock, you know, and the product flow. But probably there will be more duties added to So we'll see. So again, we are going to Berlin next week and I'm going to stay like a few days longer and I'm going to meet up with, uh, with my friends over there and uh, film some, some clips. Yeah, if the weather is good, if it doesn't snow, hopefully we'll get something. Also, I was wondering, like I saw in, in the same thing, the Shinner interview, you said, um, I'm going to quote you on this. You said, sometimes you have to be a psychologist for the writer. They need a special treatment while trying a trick. I thought that was interesting. And I was just wondering if you had maybe a story that kind of illustrates what you said, like of a skater that uh, was kind of battling a trick and that you kind of helped get through it. I think every filmer deals with it. And then, of course, it's fully dependent on the rider and situation. Sure. Because sometimes the same rider can react differently in, in different... Uh, locations or, yeah, sure. Different locations. So you have to analyze things in the meantime while filming, you know, and try to help him. Sometimes he needs to be, you know, like hugged and he needs to hear, you know, like, come on, you can do it. All the yeah, time. motivation. For instance, Ennis is quite funny because he talks a lot, but he doesn't like to be answered. He just, you know, talks a lot. He just like analyzes everything, like how to make this trick. Mm -hmm. 
but he doesn't want to go into the conversation. He just wants to hear, yes, yes, okay, sure. Okay, <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. There is some writers like Michal, he gets mad super quick. So sometimes you don't want to even like say anything to him because it's it makes it, it even worse, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and sometimes the joke is needed, you know? And so the joke becomes a solution. So mm. unfortunately, I don't have an example. You have to be super adaptable, basically. Yeah, yeah. And then because, you know, like skateboarding is hard and it's dangerous. So the guys like trying the gnarly tricks are they're going through hell mm. sometimes, yeah, you know, sure. mentally and physically. So, you know, after like seven, same looking slam, you know, you started like to think if it's really worth trying more, you know. Yeah. So sometimes you as a filmer, you need to be the guy. Hey, come on, like you're good. Fine. Let's leave it like this. Let's come back tomorrow. You know, yeah. sometimes it's becoming, you know, too risky, you know. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, I didn't witness a really serious slam. Mm-hmm. Nothing has been broken, I think. There was one slam. I don't know if you filmed that one, but Michal Juras, he, how do you say, sacked a rail? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, that was, yes. Actually, Were you yes, with him when that happened? Yes, I was there. I filmed that. It was a gnarly injury, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Because he was quite, he looked fine, you know, afterwards. Of course, it, it was super, you know, it hurt him a lot and it was very painful. Yeah. But then it became, he had a surgery or even two. So it took him, I think, six months to recover. Oh, damn. Maybe a little shorter. But yeah, but it took him a while, you know, it was uh, kind of fucked up. Not fun. Yeah, not fun at all. Like he's, uh, I don't know how to say it in English. This, there is this, let's say, vein, like a pipe type of thing inside of your body when you're urine. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it's called the urethra. Yeah, maybe. So it was torn. Oh, wow. Damn. Sorry, Michal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think he's fine with it. So we had this premiere of the video. I only have eyes for you. We had this premiere in Malmö. Uh So he flew there carrying like the plastic bag. Oh, damn. Yes, with it. So, I mean, of course, we made so much fun of it. Yeah, well, he might, but might he as wasn't well. Smiling. He wasn't laughing. Yeah, know? no, I'm I mean, sure. he did a little bit, but... Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That must be awful, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, he's like, he doesn't skate rails anymore. After the slam... He was done. He's done with rails, yeah. Well, he does enough gnarly shit aside from rails, so he doesn't need to do rails anymore. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, he did one rail just to, you know, to release this curse, let's say. Yeah, yeah. He board slid the rail next year when he was, you know, good to skate. But uh, except for that, I think he didn't try any rail. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense, you know. I wouldn't push him to do any rail, of course. And so we talked earlier about the war in Ukraine. You're not in Ukraine, obviously, but you're in Poland, which is the neighboring country. And when the war started, uh, a lot of people like fled the country and sought asylum in Poland and uh, everywhere in Europe, but mostly Poland, since it's the country right to the west of uh, Ukraine. And I'm sure there's still plenty of people coming uh, on a daily basis. I was just wondering how how has been your experience of uh, witnessing that being in Warsaw? Because I'm in France, so I don't really see this in real life, so to speak. I see it in the news. Yeah, a little bit. But uh, I see it on the news, of course. But uh, I don't see like hundreds of thousands of people like coming to Paris or something. So I was just wondering, what was your experience of witnessing that firsthand? Of course, when I've heard about the war, it was super scary because uh, everybody thought that, you know, it will take them like a few days to go through the whole country. Yeah, yeah. So everybody think that the next stop is Poland, you know. So we were scared, let's say. Mm-hmm. We were preparing kind of for the war as well. Yeah. 
Then, of course, like the, I remember like starting, you know, like noticing Ukrainian language on the streets. Yeah, you know? yeah. Right now, it, you know, I'm so used to it. Probably it's like Arabic, you know, language in, in France, in Paris. Sure, you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. So nobody like pays attention to it anymore. Yeah. So. There's a lot of Ukrainian skaters, actually. That have come to Poland? Yeah, so the scene became bigger, mm -hmm, you know. Mm -hmm. They are mostly, you know, young dudes. Yeah, but you can you can see them on the spots, especially on last year, on, obviously last year, on at the Vitos Plaza. Oh, yeah. Actually, I filmed one trick with the... He didn't land it, but uh, almost filmed one trick for the Vitos edit. Oh, okay. With one guy from Ukraine. And then, okay, so I'm gonna spoil this, but there is one Ukrainian guy in the crew already. Oh, nice. Yeah, but he doesn't live in Warsaw. He lives in Berlin. What's his name? Sasha. Sasha Groshevoy. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I definitely know him, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know him personally, but I've, I've heard his name a bunch of times, yes. Yeah, so he's originally from Kharkiv and he moved to Berlin. Okay. Actually, he was he left the country a few days before the war started. So they didn't know if Russia would attack, you know, Ukraine. But he just had some, I think his girlfriend he had some business in Italy and he flew there to meet her up pretty much. Okay. So it was booked like way before, you know. Uh, I see, I see. Tough times, and it's not yeah. looking uh, much brighter these next few days. Like no. we're approaching, as we're recording this, we're almost at the one-year birthday of the attack and uh, the, war. the war. Yeah, who knows what's gonna happen next? Yeah, it's pretty fucking scary. Yeah, it really is. You know, I remember like I would listen to so many podcasts about the war, especially like the early stage of it. You know, uh -huh. I'm sorry to say that like right now it kind of like the situation, especially in Poland, kind of got established. Mm -hmm. I mean, people still talk about it. It's still like a big thing. But, you know, for us, it's not as scary anymore. Yeah. On the other hand, it's hard to, you know, think only about the war, you know. Even like people living in Kiev or, you know, in the like, Ukrainian cities, they probably don't think about the war all the time. Because otherwise you would like get crazy. Well, yeah, yeah. No, you have to kind of release uh, somehow, some way and some time yeah. for sure. Like you can't be in war mode uh, every second of your life. Otherwise you're... Also, like the, as you said, like future doesn't look as bright because like this Putin is still there, you know, still ruling the country. So I don't know. I can't see any, you know, any solution. I mean, there's only probably one solution. Somebody needs to execute him, you know. Yeah, well, good luck with that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, let's hope uh, something like that will happen for sure. Yeah. So you talked about the new gray area video. So that will come mm -hmm. out in the spring. Do you have a, a release date already or not yet? Okay, so the plan is to release it on April. Oh, okay, so very soon, okay. As I already said, it's gonna be like a little shorter video than usual. It will be like the crew montage and one a little longer part of the new guy. Okay. In the mix. Nice. Do you have other video projects after that one already lined up or not yet? As I said, I saved some, you know, clips, you know. Some guys, like, they managed to film a lot last year, so I saved their clips and the aim is to film for a kind of so-called full length by the end of the year okay i would love to be able to you know to show it in croatia at the, you the know, vladimir Fem festival, festival yes mm -hmm. i'd love to go there one time yeah it looks like a super rad event yeah it really is okay so let me wrap up with the friends questions i have one from antonio pekovic is that how you say his name I think so. I mean, he's, uh, he's Croatian, so I'm not an expert of pronouncing his name. But I, that's how I do it. That sounds Antonio about Pekin. right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So he said, how much coffee is too much to keep a steady hand? 
Nowadays, I usually stick with two, three mags. Okay. What kind of coffee do you drink? Do you drink like a kind of an Italian, what is it called, Bialetti kind of? Like, what's your coffee routine? In the morning, I drink coffee with uh, the mug and with oat milk. Okay. And the second one is without milk. So it's like a Americano. Yeah, just of. black coffee. Yeah, Americano. So it's with uh, hot a lot of water. Yeah. Or espresso. And then do you have other ones throughout the day or is that it? So, as I said, I have like three or two, depending on the... Because back then I used to like, I drink a lot of more, but not anymore. Because I, you know, when you get older, you start thinking about like the... You notice the change. Yeah. Yeah. And I did, you know, even though I really like coffee, you know, it became not as good for me. Yeah, yeah, I understand. My hands, you know, can be shaking. If you have too much coffee, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, let me have you listen to this one. All right, Kuba. So here is Franek talking and I have a question. You know me, so, you know, I'm going to ask this. Who's your favorite skater and name top three, not only one? That was uh, Franek. Fran <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now, now it makes so much sense because of that's Franek's question. When he meets a guy, if he meets you yeah. like, for the first time, the first thing he like he asks about is like, is your favorite skater? Oh, really? Okay. So we, <laughs> yes. It says a lot about you. Who's your favorite skater? Like, I, don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he's a very special character. You know, Franek is a, he's a special dude. On and off the board. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so what's your top three favorite skaters? Like the ones that come to mind? Any generation, any time? Okay, so from the States, that would be Ed Templeton. He's uh, always yeah. number one. Mm -hmm. Ricky Oyola, that's number two. And uh, number three, it's uh, maybe Mike Maldonado. Oh, yeah. Interesting. It's quite random. Yeah, yeah. He was sick. Yeah, I loved him. Yes. And maybe it's going to sound a little crazy, but early by Majera. Oh, yeah. He was super sick. Yeah. And of course, there's obvious ones like uh, Julian Stranger, you know, Bobby Puglio, Karim Campbell. Mike Carroll. Yeah. So this is Americans from Europe. Oh, my favorite Euro skater is uh, Vincent Poisson. Oh, yeah. My friend, yes. That's funny. I actually have a question from him for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll read it to you afterwards. He's amazing. Yeah, he really is. Like his part in the first cliche video was uh, amazing. It had so much impact on my skating back then. Stankovic is also one of my favorites. And Michal Juras, let's say. That's my top three. I think I have another quick one from Franek. Let's see. And here is another one. What was your favorite great area trip so far? Mm, I can name one. I cannot because it's like, you know, I love them all. It's like picking like your favorite child. Yeah, yeah. Possible. Difficult. Okay. This one is from uh, Michal, actually. We mentioned him um, a bunch of times. Uh -huh. So he said, do you feel the people you work with feel pressure from you? And uh, he also asked, are you open for ideas from writers? But is it Yuraj? Uh, yes. Sorry. Yes, I didn't say. Yeah, Michal, Michal okay. Yuras. Yes, yes. Okay, so people probably they feel the pressure. I can be a dickhead. Well, <laughs> that's for sure. Because especially now, since my time is very limited, you know, mm -hmm. and I have like the windows, where can I go out, you know, for filming? Yeah, yeah. So I, I hate kind of like wasting the time, mm. you know. I no longer can, you know, like hang out at the plaza, you know, drink beers, you know, you know, because I know like in like one hour, I have to pick up my kid, you know, from kindergarten. Yeah. And the people, I mean, maybe not Michal, but the, the other guys, they don't know this. Yeah, life. they don't have children or yeah. Yeah. 
because I've heard this kind of feedback from them. Sometimes they know that I can be a little bit pushy, you know. Yeah, you want to get shit done. Yeah, and I'm trying to not to be as much. Work on it, yeah. Yeah, I'll definitely work on it. But sometimes I, I fail, you know. And uh, <laughs> But for sure it's not always, you know. Not always. And sometimes when I really love the clip, I mean, when I love the trick somebody tries, you know. Yep. I already can see it in the project, you know, it's uh, either ender or, you know, some transition from one to another, you know. And I don't want, like, the person to quit. Yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong, I'm not, like, hopefully, I'm not, like, the crazy guy. And then, you know, maybe my face tells... Expresses <laughs> your disappointment. Or, yeah. <laughs> that, that I'm a little disappointed, but I skate too, you know. So I know the deal and I know sometimes it's... Uh, Hopefully it's not a, such a big deal, but for sure some, especially like the younger guys, oh, yeah. they can feel the pressure, you know, because I'm trying to be as mellow as possible. To me, I am mellow, mm -hmm. but maybe they feel, because like, especially when we meet for the first time or we are like on the early stage of our relationship, maybe they think they expect something from them. Oh yeah. I don't know, but I, I think it's, uh, it's all good. So his second question was if I listen to his ideas. Yeah, ideas from uh, some of the people in the crew. Of course I do, but I don't know if they think... Do they believe you <laughs> do? <laughs> they also think about it. But of course, you know, like the... I listen to the ideas, but sometimes I disagree with them. Sure. You know. But I, I can give you a bunch of examples when their ideas happened, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Were made, so sure. But it's also like, especially like editing-wise, it takes some time for me to... I need to like convince myself that we should go in this direction. Sure, sure. And of course, like uh, trick-wise, like for Michal, I, I totally listen to his ideas for tricks, you know. Also, I, I come up with mine, but I'm, I'm totally fine if he doesn't like my ideas, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, but for like younger people, I try to uh, kind of like... Guide them. Show them the way at the beginning. Yeah, yeah guide them. Okay, this next one is from uh, Dida. Yep. I'm not sure what his full name is. Another tongue twister. He's Michal too. Michal Zarzecki. Okay, so he said, until I only have eyes for you, I would say, in addition to filming, you were also skating. We used to play skates on flat ground, etc. Now you're not really skating anymore. The question is, why don't you skate anymore? But how would you compare those times to now? Okay, so indeed, I was skating a lot until 2020. Okay. Yeah, I had like big issues with my lower back. So I had to stop skating and that was the beginning of the pandemic. Is it better now? Yeah, it is better now. It's way better. Now I'm good. So I skate again. But it took me like two years to recover. I tried up to 10 physiotherapists, couple doctors as well. And the last guy just found the solution of, the, of it. So imagine just gave me like the, the list of uh, exercises. Mostly it was stretching. Mm -hmm. and then the pain was gone and I like I tried like so many things you know like I tried pretty much everything from cryotherapy like different exercises the only thing I didn't have it was surgery oh yeah and I remember like one doctor said that uh, okay so you're at this age that you should get used to it it's uh, how it oh, will be yeah. Till, till the... yeah that sucks <laughs> <laughs> like thank you <laughs> <laughs> yeah actually my brother He gave me this guy's contact. So when I started like going to his place and like doing what he wanted me to do. And it's been a game changer. It helped you a lot. Yes. Yeah, that's amazing. So I like as of last year, I started skating again slowly. 
Will you have tricks in some of the future no, 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 projects? No, 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 no you don't no, want to. No, no. You don't want to do like Alfred Hitchcock and be kind of present in your pieces. <laughs> no, in the different type of project, maybe, but not not, not the gray area. No, I still love skating with my, you know, with the people I started skating with, but I don't want to be filmed. Okay, I have a few last ones, and then I'll let you go. Okay, let's do this one. My question will be: I heard they call you Toy Boy in Poland. What's the story behind that? And are you proud of this nickname? Is it Vincent or no? Said that? That's uh, oh, okay. Enis. Enis Fazliov. Okay, so the stories, as I said, at Templeton was my favorite skateboarder. All the boards I had, it was Toy Machine. Yeah, I was Toy Machine, top to bottom, pretty much. So they just started calling me Toy Boy because of the Toy Machine. Okay. And of course, I don't, I mean, you can't really dislike your Nick because otherwise it's going to be, you know. It's going to be even more, uh, <laughs> might as well just embrace it. Yeah. Yeah. So do a lot of people call you that or just a few guys? Back in the day, everybody called me like this. Now, you know, not so much anymore. Okay. I didn't think of the connection to Toy Machine when he told me that. I was like, oh, okay, wait, why is his nickname Toy Boy? Yeah, like, yeah. Toy. I, hopefully it has nothing to do with the actual meaning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this next one is from Tom, Tom Remillard. He said, uh, how long have you owned your filmer board? Okay, so one filmer board lasts for, like, the deck for a year. He asked this question because it always looks super dirty. Because I, I don't clean it, you know, it's, uh, I write on everything from mud to, you know, to dirt. You yeah, know? yeah. Because uh, I'm trying to, you know, my focus is on filming. So, you know, I don't care about the board and yeah, yeah, yeah. how it looks. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, probably because he remembers it was super dirty and stinky. <laughs> <laughs> What kind of boards do you usually use for filming? Do you have a brand or like a size that you favor? No, I uh, so I write polar board as wide as possible. I have indies with uh, cell blocks. I have like the plastic cell blocks. Okay. And the big wheels, big soft wheels. OJ wheels, to be exact. Yeah, you did. You did like a, an edit for them not too long ago. Yeah, we had like a collab type of deal. Right, right. So thanks to Steve for hooking me up with wheels. Okay, I have just a few last ones. <laughs> That's my daughter. They did it in the morning, right? Yeah. <laughs> Today in the <laughs> so it's my younger one, Zosha. So she asked, like, what kind of animal would I would I like to be? <laughs> yeah. I have to choose. Not not very skate related, but that's fine. <laughs> so what kind of animal would you like to be, Kuba? Tell us. Uh, I don't know. Maybe a bird. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a, a type of bird in no, mind? Just, <laughs> I would love to, I would love to fly so any creature that flies okay but bats are kind of gross so birds are gross as well <laughs> <Actually>. <laughs> not as gross <laughs> I'd like to fly anyway all right this one is uh, from Vincent Bressol okay so he said do you have a favorite time period for filming skateboarding in Poland Of course, my like early days, like the first year of filming, when I was like skating, skating, when I was like trying. In the nineties. Yeah, I felt good on my board, you know. So we would like switch with Pavel, the guy I was like making the videos with. Mm -hmm. He was filming me, I was filming him. I think I didn't work yet. Maybe I worked as a freelancer, like partially. There wasn't many responsibilities on me, so yeah, salad days for life. Yeah, more carefree times, kind of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He also asked, uh, being a 90s kid yourself, how is your relationship with the newer generation and uh, what has changed? 
Yeah, I think it's full dependent on the person because, you know, it doesn't matter the time if the guy's a dick, he's a dick, you know. Regardless of his age. Uh, yeah. regardless, regardless of the age and of the, you know, time we live. Yeah. But indeed, you know, sometimes it's hard to get some people's approach in skating. Back in the days, there was uh, some tricks that you, some illegal tricks, let's say. Oh, yeah. That became quite hot, you know, recently. Yeah, Muska flips. <laughs> Yes, Moscow. F- I mean, before they were, they became illegal. They were, they were super legal and hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pressure flips, uh, stuff like that. Yeah. Pressure flips, you know. So even though I like doing pressure flips myself, when somebody like wants me to film pressure flips, <laughs> you're not super stoked. Having like this '90s curse on me, not curse, but stigma, kind of, you know. Yeah, yeah, I see. Yeah, so it's this is kind of hard to get along with the new pe- or early grabs. Early grabs. That was a. Oh yeah, those are coming back uh, strong. Yeah, actually, it came back through France. I would say, like through Paris, Blobbies. Oh yeah, they came back with this in hot. Yeah, Kevin but, Rodriguez. You know, we did it. Uh, yeah. Yes, yeah. So I remember, like, we did it as a joke. You know, when we were like skating launch ramps, nobody would do like early grabs seriously. Because, like, you had to ollie. Because that, that was, like, a more developed trick, you know? Yeah, yeah. Stuff like this. I mean, of course, it's not it's not a big deal. Because this is just a skateboarding. And it has nothing to do with, uh, I think, understanding. But mm. sometimes maybe I'm too, too 90s when it comes to, you know, to trick selection. Yeah. I like certain style. And then, especially, like, the new guys, they have a hard time with convincing me. On the tricks they want to film? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like a generational gap and a kind of a way of approaching yeah. skating that is a bit different. This is my limit, I would say. I wouldn't consider it as a highlight, definitely. It's a, it's my disadvantage, for sure. But I'm trying to be more open, you know. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. Of course, and more, uh, more tolerance. Well, you have to, especially when you have younger people. And like a, yeah. Well, actually, this last question is from Agata Halikowska. Halikowska. Yes, mm-hmm. who is uh, one of the newest uh, members. Yeah. And so she asked a few things. She said, what guides you in choosing the people you want to record or, I guess, film? Mm-hmm. There's two factors, skateboarding and personality. Okay, pretty simple. Yeah, simple and important. I have to admire somebody skating and I have to like have a good time while filming them. And vice versa, of course. Yeah, yeah. We need to get along. So uh, this is it. And because it happened, you know, that I hit somebody up online. Mm-hmm. But I always made sure if the guys meet certain criterias beforehand. So I would make some research. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I would ask, you know, like some mutual friends. And yeah, so. if they gave the seal of approval, kind of. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. She also asked, and we can finish with this one, she said, do you feel like the Polish skate scene is growing in a good way? And do you have an eye on someone who will be the next Grey Area family member? I think like the bigger question, it's like, because I think Polish skate scene goes the same direction as skateboarding in general. It's a more global uh, yeah, thing so now. Like, I can yeah. see like the, let's say, low lights of it, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's like so many topics to whine about it. So maybe <laughs> okay. we shouldn't open the Pandora's box. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd rather focus on, you know, on the positive things. So I'm stoked on the people I skate with, on the people I hang out with. I love what they do. Even if we disagree in some certain things, it's also cool because uh, I love variety and diversity, you know. But there's some things, uh, of course, that I don't like about current skateboarding. Mm. 
like the whole things around you know olympics and the competition aspect of it yeah 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 that can lead to some you know unnecessary situations yeah if i'm against anything in skateboarding i'm against sportification of it kind of or mm -hmm. yeah, yeah i understand like all this you know federations associations you know I'm not okay with it. But I'm also, in, I'm trying to do my thing and then this is my focus. I don't, you know. You're not thinking about the Olympics every day, all day. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't fight with anybody, you know. There's room for everybody. Yes. And showing, you know, the good example is the best way to keep it going, I think. And what about like, uh, do you have like an eye on someone to become a future Grey Area member? You said the next project will, there will be a part from someone, but is it someone that's already in the crew or is it a, a new addition? Yes, there's a guy and he's from Poland. Because like, I don't consider Grey Area as a Poland only project. For sure. No, it's very international. My goal is to showcase Eastern European skateboarding. Because back when I started, of course, there was my main goal was to put Poland on the map. Yeah. But then now I want to show, you know, Eastern European skateboarding. Yeah. So yeah, there is this guy. I'm not gonna say his name. You know, yeah, I still keep it as a kind of surprise. But he's not like one of these, you know, super young guys. He's like already 20-something, so... Oh, yeah, so he's not like a teenager or... No, no. Okay. But for sure there's like some, you know, young talents in Poland. But I'm not a fan of like uh, giving people at such a young age shine, you know. Because you don't know like what kind of person he will become later. Yeah. So, of course, you have to support them, you know. It's good to support them, to guide them. To show them like options but you know i'm not a biggest fan of having like the young guys in the mix also because of the influence you of the bad influence you can have on them you know because there's lots of different things you know happening on trips you know mm. not always necessary you know the good ones let's say okay so they will have time for it you know when they turn you know 16 17. yeah yeah yeah. below that age it's a bit too young to kind of expose yeah. them to yeah i understand plus you know like all most of the young guys at least in poland but i think it's also everywhere they are super focused on the competition side of skating now oh yeah they aim to become members of the polish national team you know so let's let them do that if they change their mind and they will change the you know they, they shift the focus then we can start talking <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah no they can maybe want to join a project like yours and uh, yeah for sure mm -hmm. yeah let's wrap it up here thank you so much kuba thank you that's it for my conversation with kuba Follow him on Instagram at Kuba, K-U-B-A, underscore Kaczmarczyk, K-A-C-Z-M-A-R-C-Z-Y-K-1. Follow Grey Area at Grey underscore Area underscore Skateboarding and go visit GreyAreaSkate.com to watch some of Kuba's video projects and buy some Grey Area gear. And of course, keep an eye out for his newest video project coming very soon. Thank you for tuning in. See you soon for a new episode of Beyond Boards.